Women, you are the queens of our nation, the mother of our home, the pride of our children, a light always left on. You are refined in your ways, a woman of substance, substantially phased by her everyday conscience. A conscience to live in a way that uplifts not just her home, but the home of her brethren, styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, faith. Bring your ears closer now and your mind will explode and be inspired by the words of Cover Mode. Assalamu alaikum, hello and welcome to Cover Mode. I'm your host Rashan Isaacs. In the business of fashion today, we have Sumeya Damar who joins us from SA Fashion Law and, um, but she's here today to talk to us about Fashion Revolution. That's something her company is part of. Um, and Fashion Revolution South Africa is a global movement creating an ethical and sustainable future for fashion. In health and beauty, we look at um, taking better care of our scarf-covered hair with Ariel Adams, our owner of Hair Studio, hair and beauty stylist, examiner, and um, he is really, really intensely involved in the um, industry of hair, and we'll chat to him about that later as well. An initiative that piqued my interest is that of Fashion Revolution, a global movement that runs throughout the year, celebrating fashion as a positive influence, raising awareness of the fashion industry's most pressing issues, showing that change is possible, and celebrating those who are on a journey to create a more ethical and sustainable future for fashion. You'll recall that we had Sumeya with us in studio before. And we spoke about her company, um, the South African uh, law, uh, South African fashion law. And it was really, really interesting, so much so that we said we'd want her to come back again. And she happens to be here again, but speaking on another subject. We welcome her back this time to inspire us about the work of Fashion Revolution South Africa. Assalamu alaikum and hello and welcome back. Um, Walaikum salam. Thank you very much. Sumay, what prompted the creation of Fashion Revolution? So on the 24th of April, April 2013, 1,134 people were killed and 2,500 injured when the Rana Plaza factory complex collapsed in Bangladesh. And we believe that 1,134 is too many people to lose from the planet in one factory on one terrible day without leading to... A revolutionary change in the fashion industry and the Rana Plaza was a metaphorical call to arms and that's when fashion revolution was born yeah and, and uh, yeah that is a devastating number with the presence in 83 countries from all around the world represented by people who make the clothes and people who wear them how has fashion revolution changed the design process and the buying habits of consumers so the global fashion industry is opaque, exploitative and environmentally ja damaging and desperately needs revolutionary change. And um, so like you said, Fashion Revolution is a global movement operating in over 80 countries. And we have named the anniversary of the Rana Plaza disaster Fashion Revolution Day. So we use this to encourage millions of people to show their labels and ask brands, who made my clothes? So we want to see the face and hear the stories from thousands of makers, farmers and producers. 
we want to see an increasing number of brands make their supply chains more transparent mm -hmm. because we can't start to tackle exploitation until we can see it. So Fashion Revolution aims to ignite a revolution to radically change the way our clothes are sourced, produced and purchased. And uh, Fashion Revolution also says that transparency is key. Mm -hmm. And uh, in order to make the fashion industry accountable and sustainable, we first need to make it transparent. They also say that they believe that transparency is the best or the first step to transform the industry. And it starts with one simple question. Who made your clothes? So what is expected then during the Fashion Revolution Week, 18 to 24th of April? There will be a lot to look forward to. So this year, Fashion Revolution Day falls on a Sunday. So we have created Fashion Revolution Week, which is a week of activities like film screenings, ex exhibitions, workshops, projects for fashion students, clothing swaps and donations, photo shoots, and much more. And SA Fashion Law will be hosting a fashion law and ethics workshop as well. And on the day of the 24th, we want everybody to get involved. So we want consumers to show their labels and ask brands with the hashtag, who made my clothes? And we would like the industry to demonstrate transparency in their supply chain and show us the people who made our clothes with the hashtag I made your clothes. So this is what's going to happen around the world um, to demand a fairer, cleaner, more transparent and more beautiful fashion industry. I do have some more questions for you because this is also very interesting in terms of how we can all get involved in the ethical standards in the fashion um, industry itself as well. Um, but I want to introduce our next guest. Uh, for all our scarf wearing, cap wearing, head covering ladies, some of you have amazing lashes, beautiful, healthy hair, and some of you have a total mess under there. Come on, be honest. And because it's easy to cover up and ignore the health of your hair, that is precisely why I've invited Adil Adam in, and of Hair Studio into the studio to talk us through the effects of wearing a scarf. So, assalamu alaikum and welcome uh, to Cover Mode, Adil. Wa alaikum salam, Rukshan, and shukran for having me. Yes. Oh, yes, so the effects of wearing the scarf, um, when covering your hair with a scarf, there, there's definite advantages and disadvantages. Maybe you can run through that for us. Okay, well, just for the record, there are no disadvantages awesome. of wearing a scarf. <laughs> okay, the advantages of wearing your scarf is you actually protect your hair from, um, from sun damage, UV rays, um, the environment, so it actually protects your hair. So, hence the beauty of wearing ah, your scarf. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's and a protection, as a matter of fact. And okay, so the other one, of course, would be the importance of caring for that covered hair. Oh yes, it's very, very important of 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 caring for your hair, of nourishing your hair, uh, to 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 use the right products on your hair, to have regular treatments in the salon. When I say um, shampoos, I mean using the correct professional prescribed products for your hair type, mm -hmm. as you have different hair types. Of course, yeah. yeah. And uh, the hair care and nourishment, how can we protect our hair from, um, you know, whatever, from diff obviously there's different hair types, there's different areas, but how can we better take care of our hair? Yeah. You know, hair's hair. You, you don't get black hair or white hair. Your hair is either straight or curly or wavy. Mm -hmm. So you use specific products for your hair type. 
as if you have oily hair you would use products for oily hair if you have combination hair for combination hair dry hair etc etc so when you come into the salon what a stylist would do first they will first do a proper consultation they'll analyze your hair and we will do the correct treatments specifically designed for your hair type and also prescribe the correct products for your hair type mm -hmm. and is this something that all hairdressers or salons do um in a professional salon environment, yes, you will, yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, how regularly then, because this is for the person that never goes to a salon or a hairdresser, how regularly should you shampoo, condition or treat or brush your hair even? Shampooing your hair is, it's, I think it's a very personal thing. Um, yes, um, the shampooing your hair every day there is absolutely nothing wrong with shampooing your hair every day and um, most but obviously if you have very long hair you it can be a nightmare yeah, <laughs> yes but um, as you know as in Islam I mean Tahara counts it uh -huh. <laughs> so especially when you when you're married and you have to wash your hair you have to wash your hair <laughs> so 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 yeah um, so just using the correct products there again, then there's absolutely nothing wrong. But shampooing your hair two to three times a week, that's very normal. And uh, conditioning, do you have to use a conditioner for sham with shampoo? Um, is it okay to use the all-in-ones? A no, no. <laughs> Definitely no, no. You, you get should, these you products know, everywhere. You should know, you should know that. No, no, no. I mean, it, conditioner is there for a reason. So you need to condition your hair. Um, even if you have, people think with oily hair, you don't condition your hair. But if it's especially longer hair, it needs from that mid length to that ends. Especially when you when you use um, styling tools on your hair, like, like hair dryers and curling tongs and hot irons. Mm -hmm. um, it's very important then to use a conditioner especially on those mid-lens and ends of the hair. To protect it from the heat? Uh, well, yeah, from the heat. And then there's also, well, heat protectors. It's, oh, all right. Um, mm -hmm. That's another story. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, that doesn't fall under condition. It falls under protection. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. and treatments? I mean, treatments obviously yes. don't need Treat to happen every day. No, 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 no. <laughs> treatments you, you do every six to eight weeks. You come into the salon and have a treatment. And then they, after that, you you carry on with your home regime which then your treatment it actually just prolongs your treatment ah all right and uh, brushing your hair yes uh, brushing your hair um, it's very important to brush your hair especially when you have longer hair and also how to brush the hair um, you never use a brush on wet hair there is either a big tooth comb white tooth comb or there's the new tangle teasers now that just mm. slides through the hair and always starts from from the bottom and work your way up yeah i do want to open up the lines in case anyone has any questions for our guests um from fashion uh, on behalf of fashion revolution we have sumaya damar also from south african fashion law and then um we also have adil adams of hair studio and uh, if you'd like to call us, you may contact us on 021-442-3530 for any questions or SMS on 47913. And we're still talking to Adil about, you know, different products, different, um, well, what you can and what you can't do with your hair. And I think something I, I, I 
didn't ask you right now is blow drying your hair. How often can you do that? Because that's a lot of heat on your hair as well. And um, is it important to blow dry your hair if you are wearing a scarf? Because, um, you know, like you, like you mentioned, a lot of us also have long hair or even that shoulder length hair and you're always tying them up. And what happens with tying a, your hair up with different textures of hairs and not blow drying your hair, it, t- ends to, um, it tends to stay in that shape or it tends to knot quite easily so is it then important to blow dry or what do they call this new thing um you know iron I, it yeah flat, flat, <laughs> flat, flat iron it yeah yeah style uh, ironing yeah, um in order to maintain sort of the the what the the strand not you know succumbing to to any other shape i don't know yeah um a blow drying or flat ironing for that matter heat damage is it's very scary mm-hmm. um, and that's what we find a lot is is what we call mechanical damage mm. in the hairdressing world um, from from blow drying and flat irons that's why it's very important to use again the correct products and there are there are tools that prevents the hair from heat damage yeah it's which is called thermal protections mm-hmm. um so it protects the hair from any heat damage so it's very important if you do blow dry your hair to use a heat protector a thermal protector because imagine let me use this example if you if you make food without oil in a pot mm-hmm. you actually it would burn yeah so the same with hair mm-hmm. Ah, okay. You have you need to be able to nourish it correctly yeah. for the heat. The heat protection is very important. And how often? I mean, you have people who who use those heating agents a, every day on a daily basis. That's that's why we in, have. In lots. other words, every time you use the heat agent, make sure you either spray you, your your uh, nourishment for the, the the heat or the protection use, for the. From you the use heat. your thermal protection before mm-hmm. you you put heat to your hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of, you know, the different hair types and those sorts of things, uh, are, there, are there certain products, in fact, not hair types, are there certain products or certain ingredients we should stay away from in our hair products? Yeah, always make sure that you use a pH balance mm-hmm. product. Um, the, everybody's going organic. Mm-hmm. So s- the sulfate-free um it's a big buzzword. So, so yeah, if you can stay away from those kind of things and if you can use the more natural products um, like uh, oil-based stuff, uh, essential oils, uh, most of the professional products all got essential oils, mm-hmm. uh, are, are sulfate-free and paraben-free. And that, that sort of goes back to when you look at the concerns of people in general, they seem to be more interested in using products that are um, environmentally friendly or have an ethical means of being processed because, you know, the, the social medias are flooded and it's such so easy to to brand a, a, a company or a product as you can't use this because it contains this or you can't use this because animals have been killed in the process. <laughs> and uh, people becoming so much more conscious, uh, conscious of what they're taking in, what they're wearing and what they're putting on their hair as well. 
And that brings me back to, to Sumeya. Um, what are the sorts of issues or concerns that Fashion Revolution would like to make people aware of? I'll touch on a few, um, like, for example, the legal minimum wage in most garment producing countries is really enough for a worker to live on. And many garment workers face excessive working hours, forced overtime, lack of job security, poor health, exhaustion, discrimination and denial of basic human rights. And according to the International Labour Organization, there are 215 million children working throughout the world, many full time. And of these, 115 million are exposed to hazardous forms of child labor. And also the Global Slavery Index estimates that 36 million people are living in modern slavery today, Mm -hmm. many of whom are working in the supply chains of Western brands. And these are just some of the issues which Fashion Revolution aims to tackle. And that's quite sickening if you think of how, you know, the industry exploits um, all sorts of people who, who, who don't know better or who don't actually know their rights or don't know how to protect those rights or don't know people or there aren't any anyone there isn't anyone or any body that can protect them but now we do we have fashion revolution exactly when you look at you know i'd like to know a little bit more about fashion revolution and in itself okay um so maybe if i can just ask you a few questions in terms of what the visions and goals of the fashion revolution um campaign is um, yeah, the vision and goals. Um, so this is our third year. Yeah. And we are uh, aiming to raise awareness of the true cost of fashion and its impact at every stage in the process of production through to consumer and disposal. And we want to show the world that change is possible by showcasing and celebrating those providing that fashion can be made with respect to the people and the planet. And yeah, we want to bring people together, um, you know, the length of the value chain from farmers to factory workers, brands to buyers, consumers to campaigners to ask questions challenging how fashion is made and by whom and to work towards reconnecting the broken links between those who produce, sell and buy fashion. And so, yeah, we're working towards this long-term industry-wide change so that fashion becomes a clear force for good and all business is conducted in a safe, healthy and fair way and to ensure that a tragedy like Rana Plaza never happens again. Uh, yeah, and and you've had quite a number of achievements. Um, I, I think you've mentioned a few of them and, you know, you, you've... you've and. You've only been in exis- existence for how long? This is the third year. Yeah, um, in South Africa. So in or South or Africa, it's actually one because mm-hmm. we've uh, adopted it in 2015, and we decided to run um, workshops. And the whole campaign was um, launched in 2015, and we did the portraits exhibitions and a documentary film, and uh, which was screened at Boca, and yeah, presentations. Uh, workshops, networking exhibitions, garment exhibitions, and there was a lot of media coverage. And last year's theme was green is the new black. <laughs> so, and this year, yeah, it's going to be bigger and better. And we're hoping to expand to Joburg and Durban as well. And 
Here in South Africa, or I'm not sure if that's the way global also work, it's a combination of different organizations, groups. It's people who make the clothes, people who buy the clothes, who form part of the fashion revolution. Yes, um, and even group. people who wear the clothes. And, you know, it extends toward everybody. Um, the more pressure that we can um, generate or the more awareness, uh, you know, the better, the more that we can help these people not be exploited. I know you have the huge campaign in April. Is there mm. any other way that uh, people from organizations or individuals can be part of a uh, fashion revolution or contribute towards fashion yes, revolution? Yes, I mean, it's a non-profit. So mm. um, obviously we do this because of the love for it. So we encourage people to get involved if they would like to. Um, they can go on to the Fashion Revolution website and um, they can email us um give you our fashion rev email address it's south africa at fashionrevolution.org and That's south africa at fashionrevolution.org yeah or, or just check us out on facebook or twitter instagram and yeah we encourage as much and it's many all the same because i know on twitter it's a little bit different it's fashion um fash underscore twitter rev. is fashrev underscore S, S, S Africa. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then Facebook is um, fashionrevolution.org. Um, and I think the South African one is Fashion Revolution South Africa. Yeah. All right, awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, your goals and your objectives for 2016. Um, I think you've gone through what's expected for the 18th to the 24th of April. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the rest of the year, what can we expect? Um, this is mostly uh, geared towards that week. So um, for us, a lot of the time is spent planning these events for that week. But um, on a whole, yeah, you know, um, it's bring, to bring awareness to people, to, you know, encourage them to buy local and South African designers as opposed to, you know, just purchasing everything from big retail chains. Brilliant. I know that there's a lot more objectives, which we'll go through probably after the break. Um, showing the world that change is possible by showcasing and celebrating those providing, proving that fashion can be made with respect to people and the planet is one of the goals of Fashion Revolution. Um, we will again focus on having a conscience for something a little different uh, and clothing, that of hair, <laughs> with Adil Adam. And um, we'll get back to him again after the break to enlighten us on how best to take care of that covered hair. Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, and faith. This is Cover Mode. Welcome back to Cover Mode. We have Sumaya Damar in the studio from SA Fashion Law representing Fashion Revolution South Africa. And we have Adil Adams from uh, his, his studio. And he's chatting to us about taking better care of covered hair. Now, I have a joke for you, Adil. And I shouldn't actually say this before the joke because I'm not known to make many jokes or for people to actually laugh at them. But I'm going to try this one on you. How do hairstylists get rid of annoying customers? Oh, <laughs> oh, that's very, that's very difficult. Um, you know what? At the end of the day, it's a client. And I don't think they come in there with the intentions 
to annoy you. I think they're just having a, a off day, so they decide to come to the start to the start <laughs> to make them feel better. But at the end of it, I'm sure you make them feel better. Oh yes, you you know, know. by looking absolutely glam. So your joking part, the joke part of this is how do hairstylists get rid of annoying customers? You've heard the serious answer from uh, from from Adil, but the other answer is. They cut them short. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, as a matter of fact, I love long hair. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you have many customers that come into your uh, salon that cover their hair, right? Oh yes, yeah. We we have um, a lot of clients that that cover up that wear their hijab. I, I think women still wants to. I mean, women come to the salon. They come there to. They want to feel good. They want to look good. So when they do take their scarf or, or their hijab off, they 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 want to they want to look good. So that's why they come to 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 the salon to have their hair done. Mm-hmm. Though it's under the scarf, but once they take their scarf off, they have beautiful luscious hair. What do they say? A woman's uh, um, hair is a is a crowning glory. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's important for the the queens to take care of their crown and glory. And this is exactly why I ask, because I know that your your salon caters for everyone, and a lot of women actually feel comfortable there in having their hair done and having to take off their scarf. Because I think that's the other thing. It's like being in an environment where they know they're being professionally taken care of. And um, women come in there for all sorts of things, um, whether it's to trim their hair, to nourish their hair for treatment, um, or just for a simple blow dry. Yes, or or just for a chat for that. Matter. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's what they, yeah. <laughs> well, they say your 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 hairstylist is your is your, your, your therapist is your confidant. So so yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes you. And I wonder how you because the you end up shouting out of uh, underneath the, the you know the drying and everything else because every, there's so much noise and I think it's that environment that a salon generally is an environment where there's lots of interaction where there's lots of people and it's also that p- close proximity that someone has to your personal space if you think of it. Yes, because you you are actually in that person's space. Um, you you're actually even closer to than a doctor at times mm-hmm. because you, you're in touch with the client. You touch them, you feel them. and Yeah, you're and yes. pulling their hair, you're yeah. shaping their hair. <laughs> <laughs> Make them look beautiful. Uh-huh. You did say uh, during the break that there is one disadvantage that you could actually think of, um, of covering the hair. Well, not of covering the hair, but a lot of women, when they do cover the hair, they actually pull the hair back in a very tight ponytail. Ah, uh-huh. And and that can actually cause damage onto the hair. So it can actually, um, you, you put excessive strain onto the hair and it can actually interfere with the hair follicle. So that can actually break the hair when oh, it's too tight. Yeah. And this is why so, uh, there's probably a lot of bald heads under there. <laughs> Because yes, you because lose your, pull, yeah. yeah. Of pulling it tight, so you mm-hmm. actually put strain onto that hair follicle. So then how so can we, you mean, we should just tie it up a little bit loosely? A little bit more looser. And when you do get home, just remove your scarf and mm-hmm. remove that pony. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I speak for myself here. Yeah. I know that I'm so used to wearing my scarf that I sometimes forget to take it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, because then you're in the kitchen and... It's uh, hygienic to then have your hair covered as well. And, you know, you're busy in the kitchen and you just end up leaving it on. And the only time mm. you take it off when you're ready for bed. 
<laughs> so yes, take Adil's uh, advice uh, to to heed uh, and um, take off your scarf when you're at home or around family members that you don't need to actually cover your hair for, and uh, also protect that hair. And and I think this is mostly for for people who have long hair that will actually bring you know tighten their hair so tight and they'll put it in a bun or in a ponytail or whatever they're putting it into in order to to um, put their turban on or their scarves on. What about people with short hair? Um, they don't have any any way to tie their hair. You know, your your they can't actually go in a bun. Uh, yeah, people with, with with shorter hair, uh, believe it or not, actually sometimes also try and scrape that hair so tightly back <laughs> that it can actually also cause damage. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought that, you know, also covering would be, um, it, it would take away moisture, but in fact it keeps the moisture in. It keeps the moisture into the hair, mm-hmm. but it also needs oxygen at the same time, mm-hmm. so there are times where you but need But then to. one would have to look at the kind of scarf that you are wearing, because you have scarves that are a little bit more breathable. And then you have those scars that are so, you know, tight knit. And I mean, people who wear the turbans, they probably really do <laughs> get rid of all the breathable parts. But um, would it not then be the kind of scarf that one wears? Because you get those ones that are um, um, quite thick or more silkish and they don't have any space to breathe. To breathe, yes. I think it's, it's, it's important of the type of fabric that you that your scarf is made of. So it's mm-hmm. just double check and see if it's a breathable fabric okay and uh, I'm, we, we're going to go for a break shortly and um, uh, and we are talking to Adil Adams from uh, Hair Studio and it's quite interesting in terms of understanding how well and how many advantages there are, there are in covering your hair how do hairstylists get rid of annoying customers we said you don't cut you cut them short <laughs> That was the joke earlier today. No more jokes from me. After the break, some more serious discussions with uh, Sumer Damar. Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, and faith. This is Cover Mode. Right, Sumeya, you had, uh, we discussed a certain amount of the objectives and what to expect from Fashion Revolution. And I really love the work that they're doing in really getting the, the world to focus more on what you are wearing. And what, what exactly do people need to do on the 20, in that week? I think they have to wear their clothes on the outside? Yes, inside out. you wear your clothes inside out to show your label and... Um, Expose where. So, what should your label not say? (laughs) Um, It's. (laughs) Or maybe we shouldn't do that. What should your label say? Well, we don't necessarily want it to say, Uh um, you know, made in China. But I mean, a a lot of uh, brands that we buy, the the whole point is sort of ignorance. Like, we don't really know where our clothes are made of. Mm -hmm. And last year, um, when uh, participating in Fashion Revolution, I actually turned the dress of mine inside out. Uh It was actually made in South Africa, which is YDE, which is. 
Brilliant. fantastic. But um, going through my closet, there were so many labels, you know, sort of less proud of. But it's more just bringing yourself mm-hmm. to like, hey, you know, you didn't actually know where it came from until you saw that the label. That is so true. And that's quite honest from your side too. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Maybe, maybe that's an exercise that we should also do yes. when after the show. Look at your cupboard. Go mm-hmm. through your items and actually look at where they were made, where they were yes. bought. Um, and I love the latest uh, tags. I think I, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it in South Africa, mm-hmm. where some of the designers actually put the story behind the design process, and that makes it so much easier for us in terms of wanting to be more ethical to in in our approach to clothing and what we are wearing by checking um, these stories and and. One sort of feels um, not emotionally attached because women sometimes are emotionally attached to their clothes, <laughs> but more um, aware of, of the process that, that that clothes went through or who made the clothes in terms of not only the designer, but the seamstress that was part of it and that it wasn't sent to the f- a factory that, you know, exactly um, exploits um, kids. Yeah, and it's uh, it's awareness. That's the whole point. You know, it's an awareness campaign, and then I think that that's the first step. And after that, you know, we can tackle the mm-hmm. issues that we can see. Would you suggest we get rid of some of our clothes? <laughs> um, always. <laughs> you know, um, it's good to give. Um, I think the, a good principle, one that I do personally, like when I'm shopping, whenever I get something new, I give away something old, oh. you know, so you always keep your wardrobe updated, but you also help the community, etc. But I do, men generally don't have that much clothes, right? Well, <laughs> okay, some men do. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. I think, uh, especially with the way trends are going mm-hmm, these days, mm-hmm. men are becoming very stylish and Yes, they are, yeah. yes. Um, even in the hairdressing with, with mm-hmm. the hair. Uh, ma- male grooming is a big thing. Yes, it is. Even the beards. Yeah. Be- the okay. um, believe it or not, they're actually even ironing the hair, the mm-hmm. beards. They yeah, the, the beard. flat wow. iron the beards, yeah. And they, you get oil for beards. And I believe you get different brushes for beards. Did oh, you know wow. that? I didn't ma'am. know there was a brush for beards. I think we're going to have to invite you again to talk about <laughs> male grooming. Yeah. No, it's a no. multi-million business, oh, male grooming. No. It's, 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 it's and it's, it's, it's as, um, I think, if not more expensive than actually taking care of, like, you're, you're going to a stylist and having your hair done. Yeah, and actually men pay easier. They don't have a problem with <laughs> paying. And going to the barbershop and paying 20 rand for a <laughs> No, I think men come also for the experience. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, th- I think they want to know what the whole woo is about uh, women going to the salon. Why do they sit there for so long? What is it yeah. about, you know, this whole hair experience? And it is becoming an experience. And I think it's that, just that time out um, and processing your your thoughts in your head. I mean, we all have very busy lives and with a lot going on in South Africa on its own, um, people need to just sort of find a way to de-stress or to realign themselves. And I think taking care and grooming oneself um, is part of that process as well. I would think so. No, no. It's also encouraged. <laughs> De- no, definitely. Cleanliness is half of faith. Yeah. No, Next no, to godliness, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> um, because it is a de-stressor when you sp- People say, oh, I've been so stressed out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just popping into, f- even if it's just a shampoo and a massage, they come in for. So we're going to close off with um, the f- uh, some some hair trends or um, what's the top you know three to five trends in in hair, um, Adil? 
Yeah, uh, believe it or not, the Bob is still very much there, the classic Bob. It's very big this season. Yeah, uh, it's it's either, you can either wave it, wavy or curly, wear it curly, um, or burn straight. Um, and then there's the new, what, it's called the Wob, mm-hmm. which is just a little bit, wob. L- a Wob, it's called... Instead of the bob, it's a wob. It's a little bit longer than the normal bob. Uh-huh. So yeah, so you you see it a lot on the catwalk now, where it's actually a little bit more wavy. Ah, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's a wob. Yeah, so it's a little it's bit a, longer. It's a wavy bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a wavy bob. It's a wob. Yeah, and then of course color. Uh, <laughs> color is very big. Um, this season we we. It's going into a little bit more natural tones. Oh, yeah, natural yeah. is good. It, I love this. Everything's more natural, yeah, environmentally friendly. Going natural <laughs> tones, keeping it looking healthy. Yeah, and going for a little bit more of a balayage effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, balayage is a f- French word for painting. So you freehand it. Yes. So it's just a little bit of a balayage, maybe just on the ends, with slightly a little bit lighter than you. Than the rest of the hair, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it just gives a little bit more texture to the hair, and it's going to kind of look very effortless, mm-hmm. like you haven't put a lot of effort into the whole. Like it does seem like we're going more and more natural. Um, it's almost time to close the program. Uh, I just want to take a, a, a closing statement from you, Sumeya, and then um, maybe just a f- couple of final words from you as well, Adil. Okay, I'm just going to end it off with just saying that we are pleased to announce that the Global Fashion Revolution 2016 campaign will officially be launched this year in South Africa at the Boca Fashion Film Festival and the Bello Studio at the Old Biscuit Mill in Cape Town on the weekend of the 22nd to the 24th of April. So check it out online, Fashion Revolution. Awesome, that's brilliant. Adil? Yeah, this is also so, it's very nice to see when... Uh, um, women and men are actually taking care of themselves, taking that extra little bit of care and taking care of themselves, yes. And also when, you know, the nice thing is after you've done a service, to see that smile on their face when they walk out, a happy client. Oh, thank you so much to both my guests. You really put a smile on my face today. Adil Adams from Hair Studio and Sumaya Damar from South African Fashion Law representing Fashion Revolution South Africa. And coming up today in conversations with Adila, um, Darul Islam Open Day, Understanding Adults ADHD, and a few classifieds highlighting accommodation. In drive time, we'll have renewed relationship between South Africa and Nigeria, and a roundup of the Okaf conference. Um, the burning issue, in the burning issue, we have, we'll be focusing on SASA, S-A-S-S-A, and open discussion on imams are not paid a living wage. Ooh, maybe you should be in that discussion <laughs> as a lawyer. And then in caravan tonight, night surgery with Dr. Noor Abrams, um, a rheumatologist, and then hospital hour. We'll take in um, call-ins with messages for those not feeling so well. And then um, request and dedications with Yusuf Fisher. From me, Rashan Isaacs, till next time we meet on Cover Mode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.